This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Friends, hear now these words, this portion of the story from the book that we love. The Transfiguration. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the crowd. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days they told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this scripture has all the makings of a, a cinematic masterpiece. Sleepy disciples awake to find their friend and leader dazzling and standing with prophets long gone. A voice speaking from the clouds, a godly command. We call this story the transfiguration, the transfiguration of Jesus. But I have questions. So yes, technically Jesus was transfigured and that his exterior changed. The appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. But Jesus is Jesus Christ eternal, God the Son, who is one in essence with God the Mother, Father, and God the Spirit. Yes, his face and his clothes changed, but we certainly wouldn't go so far as to say that this moment made Jesus Christ. Right? Recall the words from his baptism, these words that also came from a voice. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Jesus 
has obviously known his own identity, and his identity was already made known publicly in these words from the voice. So bear with me just a moment as I suggest something that might be just a bit out there. Not that we ever want to take the spotlight from Jesus, but is the point of this passage Jesus's transfiguration? Or perhaps the disciples' transformation because of Jesus's transfiguration? At his baptism, the voice, who I think we can safely assume to be God, based on the way that God tends to appear to folks in biblical times, we're talking fires and voices and smoke and clouds. The voice addressed Jesus at his baptism directly, saying, You, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. But who is God's addressee here? Here, here the voice addresses the disciples. This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. God's attention and thus our attention is diverted to the disciples. Listen here is used the way we often use it, not necessarily passively, but actively. They are, and thus we are, commanded to not just hear what Jesus says, but do what he says. This affirmation of Jesus' authority wasn't for his sake. Of course, as God incarnate, God made flesh, he didn't need anyone to tell him that he held and holds authority. It was for the disciples' sake. If Jesus were transfigured at the top of the mountain, completely alone, what would that have accomplished? No, he needed the disciples there to see, to attempt to grasp who he was and what it meant just a few passages prior to this when Jesus gave them power and authority. Or just before this, when Peter answered Jesus' question, who do you say I am, with the Messiah of God. Those sleepy disciples had to witness this. One night, a few years ago, I was having trouble sleeping. I sat up drowsy, which awoke my husband, and I calmly said something fell from the ceiling before getting up to get a drink of water. I came back to the lights flipped on and Rigo frantically searching our sheets. What in the world are you doing? I asked, confused. Well, apparently I did not speak quite as calmly as I thought. And my calmly leaving to go get some water felt to him more like abandoning him in a classic everyone for themselves fashion. What fell from the ceiling? Honestly, probably nothing. We were living in North Carolina at the time and had encountered some rather large creepy crawlies. In my half-awake state, I'm sure I dreamt 
about a bug falling, and I thought that's what I had expressed to Rigo. See, it's difficult to trust what we experience in that liminal space between asleep and awake. Peter and James and John could easily have rubbed their heavy eyes and decided this was surely a dream. But they didn't. They flipped on the metaphorical lights and they searched the metaphorical sheets. At the changed appearance of Jesus, at the unexpected sighting of prophets long dead, at the command of the voice, listen to him, they bore witness to the transfiguration and they walked away transformed into ones who knew and understood the power and authority of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Messiah. And just after hearing this, Jesus was found alone. Moses and Elijah are gone. Listen to him, the voice said, the one who remains. And speaking of Moses and Elijah, what? This probably made more sense to the original audience than it does to us today. It would have been confusing, no doubt, but the reasoning at least would have made a bit more sense. See, it was Moses that God gave the commandments, the laws. And it was Elijah who was and remains, of course, a prominent prophet. And Jesus was well known for contradicting the law and the prophets. So why was he joined by their respective representatives? Well, first, I hear that old joke. I'm just saying you've never seen me and Batman in the same room, have you? There were rumors about this Jesus guy, who he actually was. There were some who thought that he was one of these ancient teachers reborn, Moses, Elijah, maybe even somehow John the Baptist. But after this day, Peter, James, and John could officially say they had indeed seen Jesus, Elijah, and Moses in the same place. Jesus was clearly not them. More importantly, however, we find that in his transfiguration, Jesus's authority is affirmed by the presence of these Old Testament big shots. The disciples see Moses as the mediator of God's law and Elijah as a prophet who spoke as God's mouthpiece, standing and speaking with Jesus despite his rather rebellious teachings that sometimes did defy law and prophets, the presence of Moses and Elijah, the presence of law and prophet, affirms that Jesus is against neither, neither God's law nor God's word. And, and their presence affirms relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus, his ministry, his identity, his authority are affirmed, are attested to by Moses and Elijah. And then the voice. The voice gives this final 
affirmation of Jesus's ultimate authority. Even above the law and prophets, listen to him, God said, and Jesus was found standing alone. As theologian Frederick Bruner states in his commentary on the transfiguration as told by Matthew, the Old Testament figures announce discontinuity or hierarchy because of the singling out of Jesus only as the one to be heard. The Old Testament and New Testament sing a duet, but the New Testament carries the melody. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus are in conversation, but Jesus is Lord of Moses and Elijah. Friends, this week has been hard for some unknown reason, some unfortunate coincidence. I ended up being invited in one situation and required in another to learn about the state of the climate crisis. I'll give you a brief summary. It's not great. And then Thursday, Russia declares war on Ukraine. Going to be honest, it's hard as it turns out to write a convincing sermon about Jesus's authority during weeks like these. So what do we do? Well, I took a hint from this week's scripture and I listened to him that is Jesus. Jesus who was transfigured, not well teaching, not in a crowd, not while facing government officials or his opponents, Jesus who was transfigured while praying. So I started by praying. I prayed that we could all be a bit more like Peter and John and James because we are weighed down with sleep too. And it's just so tempting to close our eyes. But if we're willing, if we're willing to fight off the exhaustion of a two-year deadly pandemic that has turned our lives upside down, willing to fight off the exhaustion of working for justice for all people and all creation, if we're willing to fight off the exhaustion of watching war unfold, we too might just be transformed into a people who see and know the ultimate authority of Christ. Authority over God's law and God's prophets, yes, but also authority over human greed for power and control and money and land. Listen to him. But what did he say? Well, Jesus was pretty clear about how we should show up in the world with love for our neighbors, for our enemies, for ourselves, when we want to and when we don't, when it's easy and when it's hard, and especially when it's hard. This is the posture that he demands of us, his followers. Will loving and praying for our neighbors and our enemies transform our world as quickly as Jesus's transfiguration transformed the disciples? 
No, it won't. But will it feel like transforming our world? Again, probably not. No. But to love one another, to pray for one another, is perhaps the boldest act of defiance because it implies hope. Hope that Jesus retains the authority the disciples witnessed in his transfiguration. Hope that this world will someday be reconciled back to God triune. Friends, we wouldn't pray, we wouldn't worship, we wouldn't be gathered here today if we weren't a people who still had some hope. When we end this live stream today, the world will be almost exactly as it was, in desperate need of meeting Christ in the transfiguration, in desperate need of being transformed, in desperate need of a power and authority beyond humanity in desperate need of more prayer, more love, more hope. This is the importance of the transfiguration. Not that Jesus was transfigured, but that in his transfiguration, the disciples were, and thus we are, transformed into witnesses of the ultimate authority of Christ. Having witnessed this authority, we now bear it and the hope that it offers into this world that is so desperately aching for it. Amen, and may it be so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.